So, Rock, you want to know who's next, eh? Oh, no. Welcome to Cheap Podcast episode number 84. This is the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I am your host, Dave Undefeated Rudden. I've got uh, I've got someone with me for a start. We'll have a fuller house for our, our, our second segment where we talk about the week in wrestling. But uh, joining me for our grand tradition of KFA history, Henry Gilberg Gilbert. Ah, oh, man. You were born for that one, man. Yeah, I know. I, I, it was not fun in the Gilberg era oh, to be Gilbert. <laughs> Should have gone by Gilbert, the French pronunciation. Ah. Uh, but yeah, so this week's kayfabe history, our, our long uh, honor tradition, yes. is is focused on a guy who just recently re-entered the wrestling zeitgeist, Bill Goldberg, mm-hmm. aka Goldberg. He is the pre-order character for WWE 2K17. It was revealed in this uh, commercial on WWE Raw. It's like basically the first time he's been on like WWE TV and not a uh, not old an cl- archival I- per. Purpose, yeah, yeah. For and like well over a decade. I would doubt well, I don't know. They no Sting maybe Sting was on the cover. I can't recall of twenty fifteen, but I could see Vince McMahon going like Goldberg is not gonna be on the cover of my video game. It's weird that like they're making this a bit big to do because it was literally in the game two years ago for two K fourteen. Most people forget the WrestleMania history mode yeah. where and I mean it is his only WrestleMania match and yeah. a rather shameful one at Which that. We'll the, we'll get to with yeah. K Fabe history for Bill Goldberg. Which, like, you would think for a character as straight-laced as Bill Goldberg, like, oh, it's not going to be that weird. But, like, even Bill Goldberg's story takes some strange twists and turns. So before he even joined WCW, uh, Bill Goldberg was in the NFL. He played for the L.A. Rams in 1990, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons, which is important to note, for 90, from 92 to 94. Uh, 1995, he was uh, drafted by the Carolina Panthers, who were an expansion team. Same year that my Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. began. Uh, but he was also he was notable in that he was the first player to ever have been cut from the Panthers. Because <gasps> he, uh, he actually like he had an injury that, that kept him from playing football ever again. And he described it as... Uh, he, that he tore his lower abdomen off of his pelvis. So I think like uh, the same injury Oof. happened to The Rock at WrestleMania in 2013, where it's wow. like, yeah. how like that is the kind of thing I would just like fall into a ball and cry if yeah. it ever happened to me. You'd be like, well, I guess I'll never be the same again, and I'll just. But but I think Bill Goldberg is the first proof of like Bill Goldberg is an underrated tough guy. Yeah. Like he is a very tough like Superman of a wrestler. It's just that he's. Never being portrayed as that much yeah. in uh, by WWE's memory of it. Yeah, so 1997, his football career is is done for. But because he's got that Atlanta connection, Ted Turner, like they they run WCW Nitro on TV. They see this huge football player who's been doing MMA and weightlifting in his off time. Like this guy would be the perfect wrestler. So they brought him to the WCW power, WCW Power Plant. In 1996, 1997, September, he made his debut against Hugh Morris. 
AKA AKA the uh, the trainer in NXT who people seem to really hate because he's uh, been he's used wrestlers and uh, Bill Demott is his name yes. yeah and he was the lead trainer at uh, the power plant as well I believe yeah. which is why ah. he was a lot of guys first match because he had been training with them so he could he could take them through it and yeah Bill Goldberg was about good enough to do <laughs> about forty seconds of yeah. a match so for yeah the next over, over a year he went on this uh, unprecedented winning streak. It went to 173 wins. But during that time, there were some notable things. 1998, in the spring, right after the pay-per-view spring stampede, challenged Raven for the United States Championship, and all of Raven's flock, which was Raven's faction of, like, dirtbags, they tried to attack Goldberg during the match, but Goldberg was able to fend them all off and won the United States Championship. An amazing match. It was a Raven's rules match, so that's why it wasn't an instant DQ, and it's just him Killing. I felt bad for Raven because he was never the same after that in WCW, but that made Bill a superstar yeah. that night. Uh, also, during that time was a match that he had uh, with Steven Regal at that time. He then became William Regal in WWE. But uh, it was... Uh, like most of his his first opponents were like just jobbers that you would like Mike Mike Enos and Glacier like just mm. guys that you never thought would like compete at a high level in any organization but but like Steven Regal like had some popularity in WCW and, and he, even in '96 he was a a, a long time veteran yeah like, and, and and he fought Goldberg and kind of just took him to task and like I'm gonna show you how to wrestle like. And, and like you know, he threw him around a little bit, and like yeah, it was an awkward match, but it was also probably kind of a learning experience for Goldberg too. Yeah, as as Regal talked about it on the Monday Night Wars thing, he said, "I can only do so much. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't, I can't wrestle his match for him." Though I think actually, Steve Regal, you are really great, and you could have made him look better. Yeah. But I think he was yeah. there to teach the new guy a lesson. Which maybe Goldberg needed to learn, and that was a good teaching thing for him. But Goldberg was so protected at that point, Regal was making doing career suicide by yeah. doing that. Uh, but eventually, uh, Goldberg uh, fought against Hogan for the WCW title on an episode of Nitro, July of 1998. It was in the Georgia Dome. It was one of their biggest Nitros ever. That moment... Yeah. It's hard to overlook because, like, Hogan had never been, like, really beaten that whole time. Even Sting yeah. couldn't get a clean win on him like, at Starcade Yeah, like, Lex Luger had one, but, like, even, like, there are all these are matches where it's, like, 18 NWO members run in, so it's, like, it's not the cleanest yeah. win, but this is the cleanest loss I think Hogan ever took in WCW. But the move was so... I mean, it looks silly when you look at it from a distance of, like, this was a Nitro, and they announced it with, like, two-week... No, I think a one-week build. Like, yeah. they said on Thunder... He is going to wrestle Hogan for the championship, and it was just because they decided a week ahead of time, we want to sell the Georgia Dome because it's in Atlanta, and they wanted to show up for the Turner executives who never watched the show. And if you look at WCW's history, all they cared about was Monday Night Ratings. They didn't care about buy rates. Even back then... WWF, they did care about Raw, but they wanted W. They wanted pay. They wanted you to spend fifty bucks on a pay per view, which yeah. is kind of the smarter avenue to go down. But so, yeah, but yeah, the match is amazing. Like he beats Hogan. It's it is a great moment, and just you can see the people come unglued yeah. when he puts him up for the jacket. And I think that might have been the last time that WCW won, at, like in the ratings against N- WWE, July nineteenth. Not exactly. There were a couple other times uh, they did it. Uh, a few months later, and after a Halloween Havoc mm-hmm. match with mm-hmm. Goldberg in it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but also, 
at the beginning of Goldberg's title reign, uh, Chris Jericho, who was kind of mired in the lower card, like he was uh, cruiserweight. All yeah, he was he was cruiserweight, which like they got their time, but they were never treated like high level wrestlers. They were almost in their own cast. Like it was like Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho would always fight each other, and all these other luchadors and Japanese wrestlers, and have great matches, but they never got to interact with like the likes of Hulk Hogan and the NWO and all that stuff. Segments. And Chris Jericho wanted to you know get a little bit of a rub, but also in the fa- in, in the same breath like make Goldberg look awesome so August 1988 Goldberg or sorry Jericho calls out Goldberg like time after time on Nitro uh, with the intent that at at some point they would have a match hopefully on pay-per-view Goldberg would just decimate Jericho but like Jericho would look you know somewhat intriguing for having like wrought the wrath of Goldberg and brought it on himself but Goldberg never wanted to do the match, and they didn't do a match in WCW. The closest they did was he attacked him once and was like, there, I beat you. Like, you don't deserve a match with me, was his feeling. And that was, you know, he called himself undefeated against Goldberg for a while because he just kept challenging Goldberg at things Goldberg wasn't at. It actually worked to a way better extent when, like, The Miz, when he first came to Raw, Mm -hmm. he called out John Cena, who was injured, and would say, like, I'm 5-0 against John Cena. But WWE did it right, and they had one pay-per-view match where John Cena just trucked The Miz and destroyed him. As he should. Yeah. Still during the winning streak, another notable moment, Halloween Havoc 1998. Uh, This is a pay-per-view where it was the much-anticipated rematch between The Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. It went long. One of the worst... Um, high level matches mm-hmm. of all time. Like I think you, you know, yeah. obviously on CZW you'll see worse stuff. But of two guys who are massive veterans who should be better than that, yeah. this is the worst match ever. So the made. side effect of that is that immediately afterwards, Goldberg faced Di- Diamond Dallas Page in a match that got cut off on uh, many pay per view providers' feed. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I was Oof. one of those viewers who I wanted to see Hogan and Warrior, and I knew it was bad when I was watching it, but then I was like, well, hey, at least we'll get uh, DDP and Goldberg. Yeah. And then it ends without even showing the end of, of the Hogan Warrior match. Yeah. And so it, it's because they, they asked for three and a half hours, but were only given, or they planned three and a half hours, and were only yeah. given three. And. WCW being idiots, they're just like, well, I guess, like, you can say, you know, WCW gets shit on a lot, but Vince McMahon would never make that mistake. He would never, ever make that mistake. Yeah. But then they showed it the next night on Nitro, and I guess that was the last time they, they won the rating. It was yeah. it's because they gave away the pay-per-view main event from the night before, which was, I would still say, Goldberg's best match ever was mm-hmm. that one. It was the most heavily planned. It was the longest he'd ever gone at that point yeah. by a long shot. And DDP knows how to lay out a match. Yeah. And and also, like, the, the coolest moment in I thought was, like, well, one, there's a massive botch in it where Bill Goldberg almost breaks his own neck Oof. by doing a spear too hard and, like, DDTing himself almost. But And he says, like, if he didn't have those giant mm. muscles around <laughs> his neck, he would have broken it. But then also... Nobody had ever kicked out of the diamond cutter before, uh, and DDP hit him with it, and everybody's like, "That's it, man! Yeah. He's he's won the championship." And DDP makes sure that it is a crawling mm-hmm. pin mm-hmm. just so it doesn't kill his finisher. Yeah. And then Bill Goldberg kicks out, and you're like, "Oh my god! <laughs> nothing can stop Goldberg!" <laughs> Goldberg's uh, undefeated streak eventually ended at 173 and 0. At Starcade, which is WCW's version of WrestleMania. Theoretically. He, lo- he lost the title to Kevin Nash uh, when Scott Hall, uh, who had dressed up as a security guard, came to ringside, shocked 
Goldberg with a taser and that allowed uh, uh, Kevin Nash to hit the powerbomb and get the win and win the title. Uh, but Goldberg got vengeance by winning a taser on a pole match against Scott Hall later on. Two nights later, this led to the famous finger poke of doom. Yeah. Two weeks later, it led to the famous finger poke of doom again at the Georgia Dome. It mm-hmm. was their next Georgia Dome show after he beat Hogan. And that Goldberg was supposed to have his rematch with Kevin Nash and then... Uh, Miss Elizabeth accused Goldberg of stalking her and the police arrested him mm-hmm. and then let him go at the end of the show but in the meantime Hogan made the match with uh, Kevin Nash instead for the championship mm-hmm. and then the finger poke of doom happened the reformation of the NWO and then they beat up Goldberg so uh, Goldberg took time off in early 1999 to film Universal Soldier 2 yep. with Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, and then when he returned, he had a couple of minor feuds with the likes of uh, Steiner Brothers and Sid Vicious, who had his own undefeated streak, but nobody cared. He I'm came sure. into his own uh, in 1999 with a feud with Bret Hart. So the, he was in a... Uh, 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 in 1999 and 2000, the WCW title was often in flux. Uh, it changed hands a lot of times, got vacated a lot of times. And one of those times was... Uh, they'd had a title tournament, and Bret Hart got the second victory against Goldberg when Sid Vicious interfered. Uh, but then uh, Bret went on to win that tournament and defended the title against Goldberg at next year's Starcade, where Bret beat Goldberg again. But this time it was because Roddy Piper, who was the special guest referee in that match, called for the bell when Goldberg was in the sharpshooter. Uh, one of the many times that WCW called back to the Montreal screw job. Uh, Jesus. Well, yeah, that was also the match where. Bret Hart got his career-ending concussion. Yes. Uh, like, he, he got kicked in the head by Goldberg during that match. Uh, but the turnabout is fair play. Later that week, on WCW Thunder, uh, yes. the B-show of uh, WCW, Goldberg injured himself when he was uh, chasing the NWO's limousine. Uh, he had a, a um, steel pipe in his hand, and he used that to break a few windows. But then, I guess, to like accentuate how angry he was, he punched in one of the windows. And it sliced his arm up in a really, really terrible way, like blood in a everywhere. Bad spot, like he, it was, it was a smallish cut, but it was right in the wrong spot where, oh, like, yeah. an artery. And he's just bleeding. And they said he nearly lost his arm, yeah, like, like millimeters away from losing an arm. Yeah, just because he wanted to show off. They they talk about that's a thing that comes through in much of Goldberg's careers that he is a guy who is fancies himself a very tough man, yeah. one of the toughest men alive, and. He, in that case, was just like, oh, fuck this, man. I can smash this window yeah. all I want. It's yeah, like, I, I will say it. to his credit, like, dur- like during that sequence, when he's starting to, like, bleed like a stuck pig, he slaps, like, the hood of this, this white, white limousine, <laughs> yes. and just a splatter of blood comes out, and it's um, it's awesome. It's, like, it's the great visual, po- except, like, he really, they should have just stopped that and been like, no, we gotta fuck it. Like, you're bleeding yeah. to death. Uh, so he took time off for that injury, and, and then briefly turned heel to join the New Blood faction. This is when WCW Ugh. kind of had its own reboot, and it was the Old Guard Millionaires, Millionaires Club, Club against the New, the new Blood, Blood, who are people who think that they're being overshadowed. Kind of like the new era in WWE. Yeah, except the New Blood were the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so Goldberg came back to do a uh, three-way uh, number one contenders match for the WCW title at uh, the pay-per-view New Blood Rising. But during that match, and another thing WCW would do a ton of at this time because Vince Russo was writing it, Goldberg walked out of the match and uh, like yelled at Russo for having this happen and all that stuff. Uh, but in response to that, Vince Russo, in, in, a, in a move that turned Goldberg face again, he said, Goldberg, the next time you lose, 
you're fired. So it's a, like you have to have another streak again to keep your job, which was an interesting concept. But yeah. again, it didn't really work out. And this was like the the dying breaths of WCW. No story finished the way it was supposed to then, yeah. and that was especially the plot of him walking out was also that the commentators were saying. He's not doing the scripted finish, which that is terrible on so many levels because one, you shouldn't be revealing that it's fake and that people are watching something fake. Two, if somebody does know it's fake, you're not going to fool them into thinking this is real because they also know you're faking this. Like it's, it's a very fine line to be like, Oh man, everything else is fake, but this moment is real. This part where we're all still (laughs) acting and being bad actors. Like, no, it's not. No. So he he, uh, he embarked on a mini streak. He beat like he beat Lex Luger. He beat the tag team Chronic, who was a pot themed tag team. Ugh, uh, and his streak was broken at like these are a lot of one off pay per views for WCW. WCW Sin. So he teamed with his power plant, his WCW trainer uh, Dwayne Bruce. In a tag team match against Totally Buff, which is Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell, he was pinned in that match because a fan came out of the crowd and uh-huh. maced him. Uh, but you could say like, oh, he ha- he he teamed with his tr- his like old trainer. No wonder he couldn't win the match. Like it's a totally unfair unfair scenario. That was the last you ever saw of Goldberg and WCW. And when they were bought by WWE in two thousand one, he set out the remainder of his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a deal with most of the guys. Yeah. That like, if you wondered why they didn't come in the invasion, Sting, yeah. NWO, Goldberg, is because they had corporate style deals that were like. Whether we use you or not, we're paying you a million dollars a year for two more years. Now, what would you do? Would you then turn down that money and hurt yourself in a ring with Vince McMahon? Or would you rather (laughs) sit in your house and collect two million dollars? Well, before he he joined WWE, he had a quick run in in Japan where he he fought uh, wrestlers like Satoshi Kojima and Taiyo Kie. Uh, Kojima is still active. Wow. He's known for he's in New Japan. He's one of the older dudes in New Japan, known for the best Larry in the world. He mm-hmm. calls it. And he also teamed with Keiji Muto uh, ah. against Chronic in Japan, aka the Great Muta. Mm-hmm. If you remember from old D WCW, the Green Mist Master. But 2003, Goldberg finally comes to WWE. It's Raw the night after WrestleMania 19. Nowadays, every year, you know, like, the Raw after WrestleMania is going to be the big one, the reboot, and this was the big thing for that Raw. Like, Goldberg yeah. came, uh, the Rock, who at this point was so flighty, he would be in for a month or two and leave and be out and leave, and he was a very much a heel at this point. He, he was in just, Hollywood rock mode, wearing his uh, yeah. vest, and he had just, we didn't know it at the time, he had just retired yep. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, but the Rock had a concert, and, and uh, the... the Goldberg interfered and he fought uh, the Rock at like one of the few times the Rock just got obliterated and it yeah. was like you know like telling that like the Rock who we thought like oh this guy's gone forever he like mm. Goldberg he's building this new guy like little bit did we know the Rock would be back a ton and Goldberg almost never well let it never be said that the Rock is not giving like he yeah. in his time there he was putting over in that era he he put over not you know it was a fluke win but he put over the hurricane he put over all these new people yeah. And if you compare that to, say, Triple H, yeah. pretty different, as I think we'll see in a second. But we did finally get, when uh, Goldberg got, got to WWE, a feud with Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho had his show uh, on WWE, and he invited Goldberg on, and he vented that he was he was jealous of Goldberg's success and angry that Goldberg never gave him a shot and gave him a match. Uh, one part of Chris Jericho's feud with Goldberg is that he brought back one of 
one of the few times WWE made a wrestler to uh, make fun of WCW in the form of Gilbert. Mm. Like, uh, Jericho brought Gilbert on to make fun of Goldberg, and that just enraged Goldberg and made, fueled him to beat Chris Jericho. Uh, so they finally had a match at uh, Bad Blood, and yeah, uh, gr- of course, Goldberg destroyed him. Of course. But summer of 2003, SummerSlam 2003, the, uh, the second ever Elimination Chamber match, Goldberg's first title opportunity. He didn't win it that month because uh, Ric Flair aided Triple H by throwing a a sledgehammer into the ring. So Goldberg's first loss in WWE was to Triple H in this match. Who'd have thought? Triple H? Yes. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the end of the year, Unforgiven, uh, Goldberg put his career on the line against Triple H and finally won. Uh, he held it for a few months, and then at WWE Armageddon in December, he lost the title uh, when Evolution interfered and Kane interfered. Uh, lost it back to Trip. Yeah, and uh, the, the, yeah. Th- this moved Goldberg onto beginning of 2004. Bro- or Goldberg has his final feud in WWE when this is the the brand split era. Uh, Goldberg is on Raw. Brock Lesnar is on SmackDown. They never meet, but they meet at the Royal Rumble. And this is. Bill Goldberg's only Royal Rumble yeah. like this, and everybody's thinking this guy is the favorite. Yeah. This guy is definitely going to win. This is the 2004 Royal Rumble, uh, which yeah. you are not allowed to remember anymore. Mm-hmm. But this is a big moment, seemingly for Goldberg. Yeah. So uh, he he confronts Brock Lesnar earlier in the night and pisses uh, Brock Lesnar off. Brock Lesnar comes to the ring while Goldberg is just like mowing down people left and right. Uh, distracts Goldberg. Goldberg gets thrown out by Kurt Angle, and that starts their feud, uh, which be which uh, goes on further into No Way Out. The next month, Brock Lesnar is still champion on SmackDown. He's facing Eddie Guerrero. Goldberg is in the crowd. He comes out and he costs Brock Lesnar the match against Eddie Guerrero. So they're both title free. And at WrestleMania 20, they're also both heading out of WWE. It's one of the most like infamous matches. Like Madison Square Garden, it's a New York crowd. They're yeah. smart and they know they're both. Yeah, leaders. so they know that Brock Lesnar wants to start a career in a, in the NFL, just and, not be in WWE. And, and Goldberg is just—he's at the end of his contract and he's not happy with the way nope. things are going, so he's going to leave. They have a match where Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was the commissioner at the time, is the special guest referee. The match is just like it's a bunch of stalling, and it's the crowd chanting about how much they hate it. And like what everyone thought was going to be this big meeting of the giants. On paper, it sounds like the perfect match, but it was totally not. It was a really plotting match, which Goldberg won. Yes, but again, nobody really cared. And the only thing that people remember and like about that match is at the end of the match, uh, Steve Austin stunners Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and celebrates by Just himself to make again. it clear, like, Stone Cold's the man. He's right? the one he's, who's going to be around next month yeah. and the, the and next in years. And he's better. I was so sad. Like, there were moments during that time where Goldberg and Stone Cold celebrated in the ring together. Yeah. But that Goldberg's first night is the night after Stone yeah. Cold's last match. Those two guys were the same person. They looked yeah. so fucking similar. Not not unintentionally that yeah. Goldberg looked that similar. But that they never wrestled a real match was a was a stone cold bummer. Yeah. But yeah, I believe as Je- as Jim Ross said it, Goldberg felt that he should have been booked like John Wayne and he thought he was booked like Nathan Lane. <laughs> so he was just really not happy with the way he was treated there. And he was big enough to be like, you know what? I don't yeah. need this anymore. I gave you a year. We agreed to a year. I'm done. So after leaving WWE, he's made very, very sporadic wrestling appearances. Yeah. However, in recent years, he's picked it back up, which makes you think he might wrestle again for WWE. Uh, June 2015, he did a Legends of Wrestling show at City Field, home of the Mets, in New York. Yep. 
where he uh, he speared Scott Steiner after Scott Steiner had a match with Art Rob Van Dam. Then the next this year in Miami, they had another Legends of Wrestling event where he again speared Scott Steiner. So uh, <laughs> you, you heard it now. Goldberg's coming back to WWE, but so is Scott Steiner, so he can get speared again. <laughs> it, Goldberg has been recently doing interviews for the video game, and he yeah. said the difference maker now is that he has a son who <laughs> wasn't alive when he was in WWE uh. who wants to see him wrestle. He's never been able to, and so that's the one edge WWE's <laughs> got of just like, well, you ever if your son ever wants to see you wrestle in front of more than 2,000 people... You better do it with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, same deal. He jokes about how, like, with the Rams coming back to L.A., his son will stop looking at him weird when he says, like, I play for the L.A. Rams. And the kid's <laughs> like, there's no L.A. Rams, Dad. You're crazy. <laughs> He's just appeared as the pre-order character for WWE 2K17, which uh, you wrote an article detailing the history of wrestlers or former wrestlers like the Ultimate Warrior uh, and Sting, who had... Who, you know, were either away from WWE for so long or never in a WWE ring, finally starting their career or, or, or like, bending bridges because they appeared in the video game. So it's, it very much could happen with Goldberg. For both Ultimate Warrior and Brock Lesnar, they literally sued the company. Like, yeah. they had legal action with Vince McMahon, which I would say, like, other than killing someone mm-hmm. or, like, committing a crime against Vince McMahon... uh, having a civil suit against him is the closest you can be like, well, you're never coming back. But then they came back and they got to be featured in the game. Brock Lesnar in 2011 was in WWE 12. Mm -hmm. And in an interview, I found it. It's this great interview of like Paul Heyman Mm -hmm. a year before he's going to come back to WWE, who also you'd Mm -hmm. say he'll never come back. He's asking Brock, you ever going to see him? You do an F5 in a ring again? And he's like, I'm focused on the getting back to the UFC World Heavyweight Championship. And if you guys want to see it in a video game, go right ahead and do it in a video game. That's <laughs> it. But, and then he'd be back in six months. So, yeah, I think Brock, Warrior, Stinger, they all did it. I think Goldie is next. Yes, no, the, no, answering no the question, who's next to come back to WWE and join the Hall of Fame and have some matches? The answer is Goldberg. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Uh, with a chatter about this week in wrestling. We'll be right back. See ya. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Last week, I was in on the bus when a girl was almost robbed. Ooh. And I didn't do anything, Attaboy partially kid. because it's, like it, nothing you happened. You had a PS4 on you. like you Yes, know. literally. That's why. <laughs> so this was the day that we did capture for the Randy Savage video. So I'm on the bus, and as they're getting off the bus... Uh, one of the guys behind me tries to grab this girl's phone. He he fails at it. Mm-hmm. So like they just all run off the bus anyway. Personally, I'm like I wouldn't have done anything because like what if I go and try to do something which I wouldn't because I'm a chicken shit. But if I would have, then then my bag is open for that kid to run off and yeah. and. Uh, There's all yeah. your Macho Man DLC on that. Yeah, <laughs> you know how much that fetches in the black. A, a lot. No, it's the Hogan DLC that's worth money. 
Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcasts, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Welcome to the newest Cheap Podcast Live. I am a Dave Hustle Loyalty Respect Rudden. Yeah. I am Henry, uh, you don't want none, Gilbert. Brett, there's nothing really for me to add. <laughs> Brett Jizz Towel Elson, just like that's, Scott right there. That's not what uh, I, I don't need that. As, as we've <laughs> done for the many, many weeks of Cheap Podcast Live, we're going to go through some of the biggest uh, matches and events of the wrestling week mm-hmm. and chat with y'all about it. Uh, Super Dragon declares Night Dehumidifier. Hello, ladies. This is Brandolph, JGB Sterling. Uh, yeah, John Cena made his return on Raw. It was pretty much the only thing that happened on Raw because they were facing off against uh, Game 7 of the NBA Conference Finals. Yeah, oh, it's and, Conference Finals. And NHL. So like, the only thing that happened of note that will go down in history books is that John Cena returned during halftime. They, like, they specifically yeah. timed it so he would come out and have his confrontation with AJ Styles. But yeah, like that was the only thing. It was like AJ had a heel turn after weeks of uh, not heel turning of kind of being at odds with his uh, J- Japan the club, buddies. baby. Yeah, yeah. no, I and I don't know what exactly happened. So I gotta say, I, down for me. well, I'm tired of shows that don't. I, when I was growing up, man, Raw would have a killer thing and it would keep you in the overrun. Now these days, are like the coolest thing that'll happen on Raw usually happens at like nine fifty or something. Yeah. Like not even in the third hour, and they wonder why people don't want to watch the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it was basically after being teased that he might join up with the club. Uh, I finally did. After you know, you could assume after months of losing all of most of his big matches, especially pay per view matches, despite trying really hard, he never always seems to come up a little short. Yeah. And aside from nice a WrestleMania appearance, uh, John Cena had not been seen since February, yeah. and so uh, sorry, not since December. And so this was his big return night on America Night uh, <laughs> Memorial Day. And he gets interrupted by AJ, and just the sight of AJ and Cena in the ring yeah. together was yeah. pretty wild. And it started out AJ like, "You're the best," and I want to say hello, but quickly turned into, "Oh, let's have a tag team match against my former friends." No, I'm actually joining my former friends, and AJ has a heel turn. Mm-hmm. I, for one, I will say I liked that it was unexpected. I think mm-hmm. the the entire universe thought that it was just going to be, especially since it's America Day, uh-huh. John Cena is going to battle Rusev <laughs> again for the United States title, with, yeah. which he just won. Mm-hmm. Instead, uh, uh, Rusev's going back to his old staple of uh, beating up black guys. He's going to fight Titus O'Neil. I don't know shit about wrestling for the most part, yeah. but this does, does this not seem like a giant vote of confidence for AJ Styles yeah. from yes the organization? No. So, look, I'm an unsatisfiable wrestling fan. <laughs> And but were you not happy when Kevin Owens was going oh, up against John Cena? Oh, absolutely was. But so AJ Styles just spent two months losing to Roman Reigns. Mm. And he's not going to... He'll maybe get one win, but you yeah. don't win in John Cena's returning feud. But AJ can look great in losing. And though I am hoping... My fantasy booking is that at 
Money in the Bank, which uh, me and Brett will be attending live. Finn Balor will make his appearance and help uh, AJ Styles beat AJ uh, John Cena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'm thinking of is, like, John Cena never loses twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Not even to Brock Lesnar, when Brock Lesnar had, yeah. like, the best year in, like, WWE history. Beat, when he broke really the streak. should have beat him yeah. twice in a row. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know, I feel like because jo- if John Cena's going to get his win back on Nintendo 64, yeah. it'll be at SummerSlam. So yeah. I feel like this could be the opportunity where AJ, he'll win in June and July, and then Cena will just commandingly win in August. But it'll at least be two wins for AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. That's my... It's my pie in the sky with with Artie Pie. It's all Artie Pie in the sky. (laughs) Well, as a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's also funny to see this coming together because in New Japan, for a long time, he had a uh, AJ Styles had a long feud with Hiroshi Tanahashi, who Mm. many people call you know the Japanese Cena, Mm. which he's booked the same way of like you can only he's super strong, he rarely ever loses, he definitely rarely loses twice, and he's and even joke was in fandoms like lol Tanahashi wins and so it's funny to see him now becoming the bad guy against another unbeatable monster man. Yeah. I mean there was not a lo- whole lot else of note on, on this week's Raw oh, no. I, I did like seeing like Enzo Amore finally wrestled again after <laughs> getting his face thrown right into a rope yeah. uh, two months ago so that was worth Nintendo still. says I look forward to Hank getting upset with Cena kicking out of kicking out clean from 10 styles yeah. clashes and oh yeah get the, ready the main event which I should have loved because it's got like six of my favorite dudes it mm-hmm. was Cesaro Dean Ambrose and Sami Zayn against Del Rio Chris Jericho Kevin Owens mm. But it felt like a house show main event. It's where a it's like SmackDown main event. Maybe. Yeah, like all the good guys hit their finishers in a row, and the match is over. Everybody goes home happy. Just because the, the WWE knew, like, oh, we're going up against the one of the biggest basketball games of the year, uh, we can't we can't have actual developments happening here. No. We should have all just played chess against one another. Well, and even <laughs> like it also had a thing I really hate, and like I love Stephanie McMahon as a bad guy, but when she does stuff of like taking Charlotte to task and saying like, Charlotte, you're a jerk. You, you just hide behind your father. And, and Charlotte tries to reply with like, it's funny coming from you because that's what people would say about you. Then Stephanie's just like, fuck you, bitch. You shut yeah. up right now and you suck and I'm the best. And then Charlotte just kind of stares at her because yeah. she's not allowed to say And anything. even by like first segment standards, which are always like the dumbest, talkiest garbage for uh, wrestling shows, like I'll always, almost always skip over them. But this week's was especially terrible because it was Stephanie and Shane coming out to say we're going to do the split uh, roster draft Mm -hmm. thing when Smackdown goes live in July we have no other information let's stretch this out to 15 minutes the new day comes down and makes you guys dance and but like there's nothing of value added like nothing new that that, that wasn't in a like two paragraph story on WWE.com if I want to complain about another thing it was that (laughs) some uh, well, first off, that Sasha Banks made her return to wrestling on main fucking event. Mm. Fuck that, man. Uh, like, she is way bigger than main event. Way bigger. But also, I want to compliment WWE on making a very good Seth Rollins mm. uh, return special on yeah, WWE 24. Oh, yeah. Why is he being <laughs> the shittiest bad guy ever after everyone just wants to cheer for him? And most of the time, yeah. people like the bad guys, right? Well, if you want like more of the proof that like Please. nothing happened on Raw, Seth Rollins literally said nothing and did nothing. He went... Uh, Roman Reigns came out and did his I'm, I'm, a, I'm the guy speech. 
Seth Rollins comes out to ringside, doesn't say anything, doesn't go in the ring, turns back, then head, runs towards the ring like he's going to sneak attack Roman, but then he just walks to the back again. Like, doesn't mm. say a th- single thing. He even goes, he goes back to get a microphone so he can say nothing. <laughs> like, literally no words. Yeah, it was just the most... It, like, after so many weeks of, like, good to great Raws, it was just a shame that this one was... Like, they just mailed it in because they knew they had to compete against basketball. J.J.B. Sterling says they love Rollins' new crosshair logo. Um, yeah, I feel like that, but it's like Rollins... Rollins should have come back as a good guy, and people want to cheer him in that 24 video. 24. says, good guy. Night Dehumidifier says, Seth Rollins has to be evil. Uh, he was mean to John Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Go up against John Stewart, your instant heel for life. But he should have come back as a good guy, especially when, did you guys watch that, uh, Doc? Nope. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, him talking about, I loved him telling the story of, like, wrestling AJ Styles in, like, 2003. Mm-hmm. And, and also hearing AJ um, talk about how he was going to be the future of the business, and then him talking about what a big fan of Rob Van Dam he was. Like, it made you love the, the guy. Rob Van Dam portal on his wall. Yeah, was just like, that's that, so great. JG, so I want Rob, Rob Van Dam to return just for that. JGB Sterling is asking, where does Orton fit into all this? Uh, he's due back soon, and I don't hate mm-hmm. the guy nearly as much as most wrestling fans. Me neither. Yeah. You'll get sick of him when he comes back, <laughs> like you always do. Everyone always does. I'm wondering if they're going to just save him for the brand split and to say, like, and announce for Raw, Randy Orton. Yep. I have horses <laughs> in my head. Peace for me is pointing out, so with the WWE 24, how am I supposed to hate Raw? Yeah. I saw him struggle. I yeah. want him to be awesome. Yeah. That's my whole point there. Dude, there's it's... this one part where his, his, his <laughs> leg is in this, like, torture device that where it just, like, jerks it up and down. I'm like, oh my god! I don't. Uh, so Tank Even if my knee was fine, I would, I would hate that. If anybody tells you Rollins banned, they're probably a liar. Uh, <laughs> I like the joke, so Tanga. I think it's perfect. Uh, I think so, it's perfect. Uh, before we move on to NXT, any other uh, particular comments of note? Uh, Tranquil Bez is asking, do you think Vince McMahon is punishing uh, AJ Styles for be just being involved in TNA for so long? It's weird. You can say maybe there is this sort of like like kind of happened with Goldberg and Sting where it's like you come from another organization you're going to eat shit for a couple months but you're still in the main event like a couple years though well yeah it's I put it on two levels because I do think AJ Styles is being uh, punished like he's not going to get to win because the TNA guy doesn't get to win like that's not what they're going to do I feel like it'll be like when um, Chris Benoit, I know it's a bad name to say, but <laughs> when Chris Benoit started there, he had to lose for a ton of times. And uh, then finally they let him lose enough that they felt like, oh, now he's a WWE guy, so it's okay. Yeah. I feel like we're, that's where AJ's yeah. in it. I feel like we're over that hump now. I don't with, think so. With man. AJ. I don't think that's He's got to get at least feels. one win over John Cena. And I just hope it's not like a Wyatt style, like I mean, everybody had to help. I yeah. mean, that's what he has the fucking club for. They yeah. are going to do that. All right, as long as they don't have a little kid, that's sings in the club oh my god that was uh, that played on John Cena's fear of having children because he doesn't yeah. want <laughs> I wonder if it's really just because he's buried so many make-a-wish kids yeah. and he's just like I can't have a child <laughs> yeah. alright here we go uh. alright so yeah NXT uh, better week than usual like the one thing I rag on for NXT is jobber matches mm-hmm. like one could be good but when like most of the show is matches where you can just immediately tell who's gonna win mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I didn't have that this week. Every single match, I thought, like, either guy has a chance here. The the match that we're showing on the screen is a perfect Tentai Dillinger against Buddy Murphy. So Buddy the, the, Murphy, not Mur- just Murphy. Yeah, Murphy and Blake, Blake and Murphy, the BMs, uh, <laughs> they, they broke up, and their manager, Alexa Bliss, left them too. Mm-hmm. But it was just so awkward when 
Ty Dillinger had his match against this guy. I'm like, wait, are they just going to call him Murphy? Because like for like Robocop? well over a year when they were attacking, they were Blake and Murphy. They almost never said their full names. Mm. I forgot his first name was Buddy. Like I thought in that case, this guy's just broken up with attacking. He could possibly win. And also, Ty Dillinger is like the new. Uh, like Juice Robinson or Bullfit, where it's this guy will be on your takeovers to lose. Yeah, but it, I was I was pleasantly surprised that they, in this case they realized like ten is almost becoming the new yes. I love it. Ten, ten. He's, he's the ten. perfect ten. He that's the new. He's the new handsome boy gimmick, where mm. he he's the perfect ten. So he comes out and he flashes like both hands ten. Uh, sometimes we'll like have a sign, like a little number sign that says ten. Well, and even when people are more popular than him, they still play off it. When Nakamura oh, faced yeah. him, perhaps they did the ten. I did like thing, yeah, and then did the he ten chanted and eleven, like, and then they chanted eleven for Nakamura. They're like uh, eleven, eleven, eleven. Uh, piece for me is saying anyone else miss Bailey being the champ? Uh, Suka's yeah. awesome, but Bailey's energy is so good. Yeah, it's weird that I think. I think they have long-term plans for Bailey, where she's yeah. gonna not be. She's is gonna rematch with Oscar, but they didn't want to do it in, at the June takeover, which is why they're instead having uh, Nia Jax face her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I. But so you said Ty won, right? Yeah. And there was also uh, so Elias. Not long yeah. for this world. Though. Yeah, probably. Uh, there was also Elias Samson against Austin Aries, where it was like, Elias Samson still hasn't dropped to that jobber level yet, so he yeah, could have possibly won. And then uh, the Revival against Ar- oh, Gargano yeah, and Ciampa. Yeah, which that was weird, because only they one of those teams has a match on uh, yeah. next Wednesday. That I'm, was strange. I am a little bit iffy about this uh, this payback, because it just seems uh, like... take Yeah, sorry. Uh, where... The matches just seem too cut and dry. Like, they have, like, like there's no way American Alpha loses. I don't think Oscar's going to lose. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. That one maybe could be up in the air because who knows where Finn yeah. or Joe are going. Yeah. Like one of them will probably be on SmackDown when that changes in July. But who? Mm. Uh, well, as much as the fans at Full Sail would hate to hear this, like the. Full sale takeovers is basically turning the in your houses of the of ninety six, yeah. which means nothing really My happens house? on an mm-hmm. nothing really happens on an in your house. It's just it's just filler matches. Well, not filler, but yeah. there you won't see major title changes usually there. I think. So I think is what at. the whole the end is signaling is the suggestion that it's not only the end of the Samoa Finn feud, but mm-hmm. also the end of some kind of format of yeah. maybe from now on they won't be just takeover blank. It'll be. Pay-per-view names, yeah. sir, or I mean, some kind of present presentation. There's change. been a little bit of a hubbub lately because the August NXT event, which happens the day before yeah. uh, SummerSlam, a sequel to their biggest ever NXT event yeah. the year before at Barclays Center. Yeah, but they have like they pull tickets, they pull like some of the names on it, so people don't know what's going to be going on. And like, weird. yeah, like who knows? That hopefully, because there's only four matches, and there's like supposed to be uh, a new Luchador guy debuting. But like, Doctor uh, Droom suggests NXT makeover. Yeah, ah. but uh, hopefully they'll have something during that show which addresses like, yeah, what's happening with the next one? It- something strange is going on there, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think if it is the, it feels like the end of Finn is coming. Yeah, and that it's setting up for the Las Vegas show, like a uh, premiere, Money in the Bank. But also just that they've like, I don't know, where does NXT fit in in the brand split era? Yeah. Do they really want a third brand? And I also feel like eventually the fear was 
Vince McMahon will fuck up NXT yeah. and it's a good thing. I mean, I think SmackDown becomes NXT and NXT on Wednesdays is the superstars of NXT. Which uh, has kind of been for months now where it's like, Jobber Match is fine. Like, well, because they, film it, place they for film it a month in advance. They yeah. just film a month in one day. And, I mean, it, it, take that into account. Samoa Joe and whoever, the big stars of NXT could still mm-hmm. record those in full sale once a month yeah. and then tour with SmackDown the rest of them. Like, it's not impossible. So but it does seem grueling. So before we move on to Lucha Underground, any uh, any comments from the uh, from the crowd? Uh, I only crapped one because it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, Word Nintendo says the big question about SmackDown coming to Tuesdays. Uh, does anyone give a fuck about what day TNA will go to? Oh, man. I mean, they should just stay on Tuesdays and yeah. be later. Just do... 10 p.m. Tuesdays. That's I'm gonna say I they should go to bank holidays. What's yeah. like a rare day? Yeah. <laughs> did you see that clip? Yeah. Everybody out there, did you see that clip of Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy having their big showdown and talking about like we shall end this where it all began? Yeah. And, and then, like and and uh, Matt Hardy has straight up like Bill Murray in. Um, and Kingpin hair. It's mm-hmm. just insane. Kind of mixed with Beethoven. That's what somebody... Yes. Is it the TNA clip? Yeah. And and part of that promo was a fake baby being thrown at Jeff Hardy. To distract him. Yes. Yeah, so well, we've also got uh, Lucha Underground, which uh, had some good matches. I mean, uh, I... I hate to be contrarian and say, like, Lucha Underground is kind of getting into a formulaic nature, but, like, again, they have, like, two big title matches, and... They and nothing, like, yeah, and and nothing, and the titles don't change, and yeah. it's just, I don't know. I, I I'm hoping that they're like just building up to like a really explosive end of the season because there's like so many weird storylines. <laughs> the infomercial manager, infomercial manager, the the cops who are undercover at Lucha Underground, just some weird stuff. And I did like the main event just because it's one of those like. Like there's so much of Lucha Underground is guys in masks flipping around, but uh, like the main event as of late has just been like beefy dudes who can still move around, but like really big dudes beating the crap really out of each dudes. other. I wonder if that's them trying to prove that they're not just the flippy company. They're just like that they. Well, because really, there are four of their top guys that they are setting up as like. Any of these guys could be the number one good guy in the company. Are Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. Prince Puma. Dragon Azteca Jr. Mm. and Phoenix, who mm. were have, have variations on basically the same yeah. flying small guy gimmick. Aimbot Master says the skeleton table was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, but I, that's why I did love seeing, like, having Matanza mm-hmm. kill all the other monsters. Yeah. Like, spend a week killing. First, he destroyed uh, Mil Muertes. Mm-hmm. Now, he even destroyed the machine cage mm-hmm. in, in a crazy hard match. Yeah, and Pentagon, like, that's showing how big Matanza is now, and it makes you yeah. go like, "Who's going to stop him?" My favorite moment of that show is probably like the they also had a rematch for the uh, the trios championship. So it was Johnny Mundo, uh, PJ Black, and Jack Evans against uh, the Rey Mysterio trio, and Prince Puma like showed a little bit of like character growth. Like yeah. la- the last week, the the heel team, the Rudo team, cheated to beat Rey Mysterio's team, and this time Prince Puma was like, "No, I'm going to kick you in the balls now." They, of course, they got disqualified, but it was like. Yeah, Prince Puma like like kind of has been pushed away this season, whereas he was yeah. like the focal point in the first season. He was but just the main guy. I don't know if I want to see an evil Prince Puma, but just like a Prince Puma that isn't afraid to kick a dude in the dick. Well, <laughs> and like I said, they need to differentiate more of those guys. Like Dragon Azteca seems to be the new Prince Puma from the position of like the number one guy, 
or the guy they're trying to build up is like, this is the goodest good guy, and also who, in plot line, has to unite the families of the Aztecs. Now, if people are asking what my luchador name would be, a no, and Randolph asked that, a no night humidifier, it's not El Vaporizo. <laughs> uh, it's El Kadong. Oh, yes. Uh, El, yeah. and El Bong. Turbo Bison is pointing out there's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes issues going on with uh, Lucha Underground, so I'm not sure what is happening with it. Yeah, yeah. things... I, well, because WWE wants to take... Uh, uh, rightly so. They've got a, have introduced a lot of people... Uh, WWE two great wrestlers through Lucha Underground, so they're trying to take people. And that means they can't they can't count on some people to stick around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Del Rio was like that the first season. He was a focal point, and in like the WrestleMania of Lucha Underground, and then just kind of left af- it after you the season. Lucha Underground, yeah, I don't know that. And I think that's also just what we got to get used to with Lucha because it's produced in a way that yeah. we're not used to. W uh, like WWE, WCW. TNA, all are produced as weekly televised sporting events that mm-hmm. are fake. While meanwhile, Lucha Underground is like, this is a written, scripted television show, and we will film the entire season months before it starts airing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's they don't treat it as sports. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big difference. It's a fighting league. They talk about how much they love. It's not, it's not the preparation; it's the shooting schedule. I'm guessing. It is right? the shooting schedule. They're yeah. done with season three now. We won't see some of it until 2017. I think. Yeah. That's crazy. I was also happy to see like my favorite Lucha Underground dude, Son of Havoc, who is. I always I just think of him as like the Daniel Bryan of Lucha Underground because he's Cyclops. All, yeah, no, no, no the brother. The beard yeah, guy, the beard but he, yeah, Fine. he's. Like, he's been on the indies forever. It's weird that his success is coming in Lucha Underground with a mask on, but he's also, <laughs> like, he was the the first season he was a huge underdog, and it all culminated with, like, two people that he was feuding with, like, them becoming friends and winning the trio's title. And uh, now it's a little bit weird that he had a singles match and neither of his uh, tag partners were there. But I just, I mean, I'm happy to see him on the show. I hope that means well, they're building him in something because he actually won, which well, the like, other never happened in season one. Both of his teammates, and Helico and Ivelisse, are injured at different points of season two, behind yeah. the scenes, not storyline. Ah. And so they kind of have to write around that. I Again, every time I see Cage, I just have to say, like, he's an impossible monster man who will yeah. die. We were just talking about Randy Savage on a, on a podcast to be heard <laughs> later. But in that, I talked about how, like, in 99, he showed up and was monstrous, mm. and it was cool at the time, but even then, people were saying, this is not good for your health. Like, this is, mm. you're a man in your 40s, you should not be taking this Well, he steroids. got bit by a radioactive spider on the set of Spider-Man, yeah. so... Oh, yeah. yes, that's what happened. Uh, oh, by the way, when talking about Lucha, we should segue briefly mm. into... Battle of Super Juniors talk in oh, yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Featuring Prince Puma in his... Uh, ricochet, his yeah. original form. I think so, people keep saying Ricochet versus Will Osprey. That's what we need example. to talk about. So, Thank you, Aimbot Master. There's Battle of the Super Juniors, which is the yearly tournament of cruiserweights, as we would call mm-hmm. them. Smaller, high-flying wrestling guys. And they're doing that currently in Japan. And uh, previous winners have been uh, Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. Jushin Thunder Liger... Chris Benoit, Ugh. and uh, this year's is no exception in being impressive, but they there was one match that people couldn't believe, even though, so Will Ospreay is a relatively unknown mm. guy outside of England, mm. though, and now he's made his debut in Japan, and more Americans are hearing about him, and so his matches are now being exposed to a whole new audience, and you've got Ricochet, who hardcore fans are getting to know mm. thanks to Lucha Underground and more of his indie stuff. Both are guys who have never wrestled in WWE. They have a match in it, it just a regular Battle of Super Juniors match, not even a, not mm. even like a the the final yeah. match of it. 
and they steal the show. It is insanely choreographed, like crazy flips. They're moving in a mile a minute, and people are just like, oh, it's just a... Some yeah. haters are like, it's just a spot fest. It's just flippy yeah. bullshit. So, like, I've only seen the GIF. You've only seen GIFs. Yeah. Where it's like, nobody actually gets any offense off. Like, uh, someone does a, like, a Hurricane Rana, and, that, and the guy lands on his feet off of that, and, like... Does a tries to do a monkey flip? Does a lands on his feet off of that? And then they end up both in like ninja pose next to each other, flipping in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And uh, my my dude, I'm actually wearing a shirt. Vader actually pointed out like that's not wrestling. But it's yeah, it's Vader. Been, just yeah. keep your wiener under wraps. Yeah. Every, and everyone else has basically been though like this is like wrestling can be many things. It can be two yeah. giant dudes beating the shit out of each other like in the Lucha Underground main event. Or it can be, yeah, two guys doing crazy flips in front of uh, an yeah. audience that seems to really like it's it. It's so. performance, it's entertainment. Yeah. Like, that's, and, yeah, even just if you don't have time to watch the whole match, mm. just the gifts are, like, jaw-dropping. Yeah. Though the match is more easily available than ever because yeah. New Japan noticed, somebody in New Japan noticed that it had become an international hit. Wow. And so it's posted free on New Japan World and on New Japan's YouTube page. Wow. So you can watch the 20-plus minute match. It is amazing. And in the, I saw one of the best justifications of it. Like Pros like Chris Jericho, super into it, who he is a former Battle of Super Juniors uh, vet as well. And also Dave Meltzer, the top wrestling reviewer, reporter in the world, he talked about how back in, in 78... When Ricky Steamboat first faced Ric Flair and they were doing matches, old timers then complained they're not selling right. This is too <laughs> silly. Like it's the same complaint. So he's saying it's cyclical, and uh. I think that Will Osprey Ricochet match, even though they've had that match before and will have that match again, like I think it is a it is a very important match and could just be one of the most groundbreaking matches of its time. Without the Super Juniors, Stacy D Pro is predicting Danny DeVito versus Kerry Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I do predict Ricochet Osprey having a rematch in the finals. Aimbot Master is wondering if they're going to do English dubs during the finals. So they, think are. they are. Yeah, yes. it'll be voiced by uh, the horrible, horrendous, awful <laughs> Kevin Kelly, uh, hermaphrodite as uh, <laughs> The Rock called him, and uh, Steve Carino, who is much better than Kevin <laughs> Kelly, but not great. And But no Yoshitatsu. No, no. Yoshitatsu is back in the ring with his Triple H club. Ah. But yeah, watch Battle of Super Juniors. Just look up New yeah. Japan's uh, pro wrestling thing. I'll even, you know, I was contemplating doing a post on it. I thought it was old news by the time they made it free on their thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'll put a post on the site to make our 18th wrestling <laughs> post of the week. On top of the my theorizing that Goldberg will soon be returning to WWE as an active wrestler mm-hmm. thanks to WWE 2K17. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for uh, participating in the chat. Uh, love talking with you guys all about wrestling every week. Thursday at 3 p.m. Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling will return after these messages. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1986. Stallone's oh, Co- yeah. Cobra. I am all over Cobra. Oh, good. This is the most 80s movie there yeah. is. It's Stallone is most Stallone-y, I think, where yes. he gets the criticism of making mindless action because the trailer yes. absolutely presents it as such. Mm-hmm. It, no, it totally is. It's uh, Death Wish and Dirty Harry mm-hmm. sort of taken to an extreme and that he is, is it a... a canon film? Yes, it is. Yeah, I thought so. He's the toughest cop. He's the guy they send in for the dirtiest work. And the dirtiest work is like... Oh, there's a guy um, ha- a minor hostage situation in a supermarket, and his solution is, of course, shoot everything all the time. Right. Kill all <laughs> the dirt bags. It's like you could have easily like he like sneaks up behind him. You could tackle him. No. 
No, so, we better wipe everybody out. This this one has conspiracy parts in it too, oh, and the, it's ooh. the it's not just a gang; it's like a cultish sort of gang. Mm. And I hate they Jesus. Have, there's like secret cops are actually members, and who can you trust? And like Brigitte Nielsen, uh, I His think just Mrs. Girlfriend. Stallone oh, yeah. after Go this. Fight the Jewish yeah. lizard Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> But she witnesses a crime, so he's go oh, well, but like you. And then uh, <laughs> is he underwater? If I, if, if <laughs> no, I may... The secret to doing Stallone is don't move your tongue. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta talk without moving your tongue. That's thirty twenty ten, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago. Every Thursday, right here on the Laser Time Network. And now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Welcome back to the final segment for Cheap Popcast episode. Number 84, we've got the crowd question uh, for last week. Uh, last week, we discussed the upcoming uh, brand split with SmackDown going live in July. Uh, it, even though Rod didn't uh, give us any further facts about Fuck it no, in a 20-minute segment where they explain nothing, uh, I, I asked the crowd what one thing, it can be a, a championship or a wrestler, a personality, or just a general concept would you make exclusive to SmackDown? Uh, Monty Dad, uh, he had a very brief but uh, emphatic answer. The fist, damn it. Bring back the yeah. SmackDown fist. They still got it in storage, man. It's not in the garbage. Chinese ninja social justice warrior said Dean Ambrose. Dean is one of the most over full-time wrestlers in the company. Listen to the crowd reactions he gets no matter how silly his feuds are. He's never going to be the face of WWE, but if you instead gave him the main event spot on SmackDown, you'd get out from being under Roman Shadow. And he's also super over, so you wouldn't have to build him up all that much. Bubble Hotep says perhaps they could bring back the light heavyweight title and build it up with all the new talent they're bringing over from the indies and NXT. If they did it right, it could be a prominent secondary title to the to the world title, just like it is in New Japan. I would agree with that if Vince McMahon wasn't Vince McMahon, who never like he hates small guys. Mm. He fucking hates them, yeah. and he'll make them jokes. He'll give it to Hornswoggle. He'll put them on you know lawn mowers. Mm. He'll do all that dumb shit. Like he wouldn't. And it would be a real shame to see another generation of cruiserweights turn into a joke just because Vince McMahon is an awful bully. Uh, Brunt also said, I want to see the winner of the cruiserweight uh, tournament that's going on in WWE right now win the cruiserweight championship and have that exclusive to SmackDown as well as the IC belt. Then Raw will have the U.S. championship and women's championship and women's wrestling exclusive to Raw. Uh, and I would keep the world title and tag title and have the champions on both brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tranquil Bez says, King of the Ring. I remember yeah. just getting into wrestling when SmackDown did the King of the Ring tournament 10 years ago where Booker T won and went on to have the best period in his career. I know WWE tried to have the tournament three more times after that, and the winners did fuck all. So an exclusive tournament where an NXT call-up wins would be perfect. The King of the Ring is garbage, and uh, the way they treat it. Booker T made King of the Ring mm. work for him, but that was not a good tournament. Yeah. He let it be the start of a wonderful character. Yeah. I love King Booker <laughs> with his pinky out, his aggre- mm. pinky aggressively out. The last great King of the Ring, in my opinion, was the one Brock Lesnar won. It uh. made Brock Lesnar a star, let him kill everybody. Mm. 
and also create a thing that King Ring Ollie should be, which is it gets you a title match yeah. at SummerSlam. It should be the Royal Rumble for SummerSlam. It should, yeah, totally. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai says, I'd give SmackDown the hexagonal ring that AAA and TNA uses. I know that will yeah. never happen, no. but I think it would go a long way to making SmackDown and Raw feel like separate promotions. I feel like I, NXT's just through like the color scheme and where they wrestle at the uh, full sale, like it has that feel. But yeah. I don't know if you can really do that if you're gonna make it grow. Honestly, I'm anti hexagonal ring just because I had heard people say that the uh, as much difference as it makes TNA look, that it's actually more dangerous for the performers yeah. and it causes more injuries. And so you know that's just not a risk I, I think is worth taking. And a very and again very succinct. Hello, Mr. Kearns said. Bring back the World Martial Arts Heavyweight Championship, which ah. was a title that was in WWE for a brief period, uh, way, way before. Was that when Dan Severn was there? No, no. This was like like 70s, 80s. Oh, okay. Uh, so new question. Goldberg is the pre-order character for WWE 2K17. You know, we've also had pre-order characters that kind of defy logic. Uh, yes. We had the Terminator. And uh, even though he's somewhat within the confines of WWE, we had Mike Tyson one year. So what one character would you want to be next year's WWE pre-order character? It could be somebody who hasn't been in the game in a while or someone who hasn't been represented correctly in the game in recent years. Or it can be just a imaginary character or like a part-timer or something like that who has just like you want to see represented better and in the form of a pre-order character. Boy, that is a tough one. I think Terminator side of yeah. like a fictional person, mm-hmm. I would have to to be realistic, it would have to be somebody who's actually would be in stuff now and yeah. who is a legitimate star and yeah. somebody who stars in movies and can't be like a robot mm-hmm. or the or the predator or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh so boy, you know what? I'm going to say actually uh, just as the first thing came to mind, I'm going to say Mr. Spock from ah. from uh, Star Trek. He's got they got a new movie out this yeah. year. Everybody loves Spock, and as we've seen in uh, sometimes when he loses it, he is quite a good fighter. And if they could yeah. just have the Ionian nerve grip become the Vulcan death grip yeah. and have that be his finisher, I'd be into that. Uh, as for a real wrestler who they never treated correctly. Man, Vader was in the last mm-hmm. game, wasn't he? I, I didn't play yeah. as him, so I can't say they didn't do Vader right, mm-hmm. but I still bet it was never the Vader who came to WCW from Japan and murdered everybody. Yeah. Uh, but if, uh, you know, and I'll also go on the Japanese old school bent of saying, I want, I was going to say, <laughs> I want Stan Hansen there, and I do want Stan Hansen, especially now he's a Hall of Famer. That means he will be in the next game because, yeah. like they every for the last few years they've had the Hall of Fame pack. That's true. So I like dollars of donuts. Stan Hansen is going to be DLC in the next All right. game. Well, then I also hope Sasha Banks better goddamn be in yeah. this game. Uh, I'm going to go with someone who is likely never going to be in a WWE game. Not the guy you're thinking of, Owen Hart. Oh, uh, it, it just makes me sad. Like you know, we had the Austin, <laughs> uh, the the whole Austin storyline for WWE 2K16, which yeah. was well and good. But it felt weird that Owen Hart wasn't a part of it. Well, and I you think, know. It, like, if you if, if the if WWE is ever able to, and this is a very big ever, but if they're able ever able to like mend fences with Martha Hart, and like get like some sort of like uh, some sort of Bret Hart focused storyline for an upcoming WWE game, and you could have like what was Owen Hart's biggest and best feud against his, his brother Brett like that would yeah. be great and like he was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid and like I think if they just treated his his time with respect and maybe didn't show any of the Blue Blazer stuff you know the um that's sad too because Blue Blazer was great if it wasn't what he died in yeah, but exactly it was also that 
uh, Owen was known as like the consummate professional, the guy who was born in the wrestling ring, who honestly, if you compare him to Brett, Brett is a more nuanced performer or also, well, no, he's a more like concrete performer of just yeah. like, he is the best at what he does. But Owen was just like, I'm a natural talent at everything. Yeah. And everything is, per- I can wrestle any way you want me to and I'll do it. But he was so good that his, his, his botch at SummerSlam <laughs> is crazy to me because like, Nobody does sit down. Pa- uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, nobody does reverse sit mm-hmm. down tombstones like that. It is yeah. such a dangerous move, and something that you feel like somebody at his level of experience would be like, "I shouldn't do this. This mm-hmm. is stupid." And and it's so unfortunate because yeah. you think like that did that would be what would end Stone Cold's career eventually, and it really shortened the career of one of the greatest ever, yeah. which like is a big downside i it's so sad that moment but anyway yeah him yeah. and uh, at least did a brett owen feud at least get in the wrestlemania 10 match yeah. like as one of their recreated matches that'd be so good i kicked your leg out of your leg <laughs> brett so leave your answer to this week's crowd question underneath the post for cheap podcast episode number 84 your what wrestler do you want uh, or even fictional character do you want to be the next pre-order character for a wwe 2k game uh, that does it for this episode of Cheap Popcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking part in our live segment. We do that every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific ta- time. Yes, PT. Konami's PT. Uh, we do it live, um, and it's fun just interacting with all of you and answering your questions as you throw them at us. It's a, it's a, it's a blast, and you can catch all of the archives on YouTube, Laser Times YouTube. Uh, any more plugs you'd like to impart before we go? Oh, well, very many, actually. You know, there's uh, Laser Time, the weekly podcast about tons of different pop culture things. And I will give you guys a preview. Soon we will have one that's more wrestling focused than usual, or at least there are some big wrestling asides in it. Uh, You may want to snap into it if I can (laughs) give you a preview. Uh, Also, there's 302010 where we talk about the events in uh, pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago in a given week. And if I can give you a preview there, we're getting pretty close to the debut of ECW on oh, nice. Sci-Fi in 2006, a <laughs> wow. wonderful era for Featuring pro wrestling. The Sandman versus Zombie, and uh, Kelly <laughs> Kelly failing to take off her uh, bra, and uh, also uh, there's Talking Simpsons where we go week by week with every episode of The Simpsons from the beginning. The first season is on patreoncom time five dollars a month, but otherwise you can subscribe to it and yes. listen to it. We just did the The Germans episode. <laughs> And, and yeah, yeah Patreon. Uh, we also do bonus time every week there, where we just we shoot the breeze, and uh, we include even more uh, insane clips. Uh, but also at the ten dollar level, uh, we do a monthly wrestling match commentary. We also do a monthly comic book TV show commentary. Uh, but we also might have a, a wrestling cartoon commentary what? at some point this month. Uh, uh, you know, we're still. Getting everything settled away, but that 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 should be uh, something fun. But there's already like a dozen you'd have access to of oh, the yeah. wrestling ones alone uh, for the ten dollar a month. Like so, ch- check it out, baby. And uh, to close out to to close us out, uh, I apologize. I actually miscounted on the most recent uh, <gasps> the, the, the controversy. Yes, the uh, for. Uh, Extreme Rules, Chinese Ninja, Social Justice Warrior also got all of uh, the predictions correct. And uh, they chose the final countdown, which was Daniel Bryan's theme uh, back when he was in (laughs) Ring of Honor. So that will close out this week of Cheap Popcast. We'll be back next week with more wrestling chatter.